Hello friends, it is Saturday morning around 9, let's see, 48 a.m. And I have my coffee here with me. Um, my aunt, Ayako, got me these two bags of like different assorted K-pod, K-cup pods um, from this local place in Kansas City. And I haven't tried it yet, so one moment. Um, you may hear a sip sound. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I So there's like vanilla, chai, caramel, um, and then there's some other ones I can't remember, but I tried the caramel and it is amazing. It tastes like chocolate caramel milk. Um, but yeah, so it's Saturday. I'm probably gonna post this around Monday, um, but I have a very large case coming Friday, so be prepared. In the meantime, we are going to read out of this book called Real Ghosts, Restless Spirits, and Haunted Places by Brad Steiger. Steiger? Um, my friend Lauren's mom lent this to me because we both like spooky things like this. But it's just a book full of like small haunting stories. And I'm just going to flip to a random page and start reading. Um, all of the stories are pretty short, so we should get through like four or five of them. Um, I, this is my second time recording this episode because the first time I, I recorded it, I read through the big book of ghost stories by multiple different authors, forgetting that it's written in old English, um, and that I already can't read well enough for that. So I was stuttering the entire time and it was a mess, but alas, we continue. So if you're also drinking some coffee, um, settle down, get a blanket, you know, I, it's, it looks really cold outside, uh, I think we're in, like, a cold front, maybe, I don't know, but in the previous recording that I had to delete, the mailman was outside messing with the mailboxes and, like, slamming them shut over and over again, and you could hear it in the recording, um, so yeah, we're just, we're starting over, it's great. There's a sticky note in the middle of this book, um, and it says, put in paper holder. So hopefully that's Paula's handwriting, because if it's not, it's probably a ghost's handwriting. Paula is Lauren's mom. Okay. I'm just going to flip to a random page. Okay, I lied. I'm not reading this, because it's all about George Washington. I flipped the exact same page again, um, so maybe that's the ghost of George Washington telling me to read it, so we're gonna read that one. <laughs> Alright, there's two stories on this page, one called A Prophetic Spirit Appeared to George Washington, and one called The Ghost of Washington Halted Robert E. Lee. Um, to me, The Ghost of Washington Halted Robert E. Lee is a little more appealing, so we're gonna go ahead and read that one. It was September 1862, and the inexperienced Union troops had been shattered in a battle in battle after battle by the sharpshooting determined Confederate forces. President Lincoln had called on General George B. McClellan to take charge of the chaos and whip the Union troops into state into shape. McClellan slumped wearily over the desk in his tent. Before him lay campaign maps, battle reports, and a large-scale map on which all known Confederate positions had been marked. His eyelids drooped, and he fell asleep on his desk. His slumber did not last long. A booming voice suddenly filled his campaign tent. 
General McClellan, do you sleep at your post? Rouse yourself, or before you can prevent it, the foe will be in Washington. Wondering if some bold messenger had arrived with the news of the impending Confederate attack, McClellan snapped to attention. When he opened his eyes, he beheld a luminous apparition of George Washington. General McClellan later told the told the Portland Maine Evening Courier that the spirit of Washington wasted no time in delivering his message. If God had not willed it otherwise, before tomorrow's sun had set, the Confederate flag would have waved above the Capitol and your own grave. Note what you see, your time, your time to act is short. After Washington's ghost made a gesture, a living, a living map detailed the most current Confederate troop positions appeared in front of McClellan. He grabbed a quill from his desk and began to jot down all that he could see. He was very much aware that if the Confederate armies took Washington, D.C., they would break the spirit of the entire Union. The living tableau changed, and McClellan, allowing McClellan to see the man maneuvers maneuvers oh my gosh of the confederates planned in the future he furiously marked the positions that the map revealed to him on his own campaign maps you have been warned in time general mcclellan the spirit of washington said softly with those words the image of washington began to fade and mcclellan once again found himself alone in his tent although at first he thought the experience had merely been a vivid dream, but then he saw the markings of the symbols and the Confederate maneuvers he'd made on his campaign maps. He would give the orders to move out at once. Because of the knowledge that McClellan gained during his unusual paranormal experience, the Union troops were able to halt the Confederates the Confederate invasion of Washington at the Matthew would kill me for not knowing this, um and anti Antietam and pursue general Robert E. Lee by anticipating several of, of of his subsequent campaigns, McClellan later wrote of the ghostly manist, manist, manifestation in these words, Our beloved glorious Washington shall rest until he may once more become a messenger of succor and peace from the great ruler who has all nations in his keeping. Okay, that's kind of cool. Like George Washington's apparition literally made it so that the Confederates didn't win. Um, even though they still think that they're a thing, they're not. Um, you're racist. Get over it. Also, while I was reading that, something vibrated in my room, or I thought something vibrated in my room, so I looked up at my phone, and my phone had no notifications on it. Um, so I think that the spirit of George Washington is with us. Now I'm gonna flip to another random page. Borley Rectory, the most haunted house in England. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I don't like them to be too long because then my stuttering gets really bad. <laughs> yeah, that's like seven pages long. And I don't even think that you could handle it. Okay, we'll flip to another page. An entity saved his baby sister, but torments friends. The personal experience of Will. All right, we're going to read that. I'm waiting for me to listen back to this episode to edit it and hear like voices in the background. That would be amazing. 
My father's side of the family have a good-sized farm in North Carolina with a large house. Around 1986, when my sister was learning to walk, she managed to crawl up a long set of steps that led to the third story of the house that, but when no one was looking. When my mom and grandma couldn't find my sister, they rushed about the house looking for her and found her just as she was going to attempt to walk down the stairs. As mom and grandma stood, unable to help at the bottom of the steps, my sister began tilting as if she was going to fall. However, something grabbed the collar of her shirt, and she was pulled backwards to safety. No apparition was seen, but the collar of her shirt was clearly pulled back by something invisible. We often hear strange noises in the home and have occasionally seen eerie shadows. However, the most disturbing events occurred around 1994 when my friend Matt went to a farm, went to the farm with us to celebrate my 12th birthday. Matt was 13 or 14, and because of the spooky stories that we had told him, he was visibly scared once he saw the old farmhouse. We drew pictures of airplanes in the living room the first night he stayed there, and before we went upstairs, we placed them in the neat in a neat pile. We also turned off the light in the living room, and after what had been after we had been in our bedroom upstairs for a while, Matt said he needed to use the bathroom. I walked I walked downstairs with him to make sure nothing got him, and we walked into the living room, and to our shock, we found our drawings strewn about and the light on. Matt was even more shaken and insisted that he wanted to sleep in the same bed with me in case something would attack him. I just heard a noise in my living room, and we're going to pretend that I didn't. The next morning, he said that he had heard something come up the steps in the middle of the night, and he had heard it go through the room in which the older sister was sleeping, then enter the center of the room of the third story where my parents were sleeping, and then enter our room. Matt said that the ghost walked up to the foot of the bed, then pressed down hard on him, making it impossible for him to yell. He said that although he managed to nudge me, I sleepily responded by mumbling, thinking that my younger sister was bothering me. Matt was relieved that nothing further happened to him the rest of the trip, or on following visits to the farm. However, one of my other friends once came up, came with us to the farm and was so frightened upon entering the upstairs room that he shook visibly for hours on end and was a- unable to sleep. He wouldn't even let us turn the lights out until 1am, as before though, everything was normal on the second night of the visit. Well, that was that story. Um, that was only two minutes long, so we're gonna go ahead and do another one. I did hear a noise in my living room. That was scary. Um, but it's okay. Ooh, deathbed accounts. Okay, so this one is Deathbed Visions as Told to Reverend W. Bennett Palmer. This is cloud-like vapors and luminous clouds. Bill W. told Palmer that he saw the spirit of his brother as it disengaged from the dying body. The cloud-like vapor took a human shape, clapped its hands in joy, and passed upward through the ceiling in the company of an angel. Jerry C. of Denver, Colorado stated that when his 10-year-old son died, he saw the child's spirit leave the body as a luminous cloud and rise upward towards the ceiling. Okay, pause. When my dog died in October, um, my other dogs were around, like, as she was dying. And my mom, I wasn't there, but my mom said that one of our other, like, our younger dog. So, we have Cricket, who passed away, and we have Hope, who's, like, nine, no, I think she's, like, eight, seven or eight. And we have Georgia, who's two. So, Hope and Cricket were, like, best buds. Um, And when Cricket, like, finally passed, like, because she had been dying for like most of the night but when she finally like died died my mom said that hope the one that was really 
close with her was like jumping up at the ceiling and like acting as if she was like trying to catch something and I'm not sure what was happening there but I do believe that she saw Cricket like going away you know what I mean so this is they joined the angels two days apart which is also underneath the deathbed visions um mr and mrs s two members of palmer's congregation in newport ritchie florida were very ill and had been placed in separate rooms of their home to ensure periods of peace and an uninterrupted sleep for both of them one afternoon mr s rested in his bed and he saw the form of his wife pass through the wall of his room wave her hand in farewell and rise upward in the company of an angel a few minutes later a nurse came into his room and informed him that mrs s had passed away i know he said holding back his tears she had enough of this desperate struggle to to maintain life she came to say goodbye and she asked me to join her with the angels mr s died two days later that's so sweet you always oh if you just heard something it was my stomach growling don't worry <laughs> like you always hear of um older couples like dying a few days apart and there's like scientific research that you can die from a broken heart so i wonder if they like wait for each other that's so morbidly romantic <laughs> all right now this is the last section of the deathbed visions this is an oval light met by a lovely angel when Mrs. Ernstine Tomeo entered her husband's sick room in order to bring him the newspaper, she saw a large oval light emerging from his head. The illuminated oval floated toward the window, hovered a moment, and was met by a lovely angelic figure. Within seconds, both the oval of the light and the angel had vanished. I knew that Miles was dead before I even reached my husband's bedside, she told Palmer. I had seen his angel guide come to take him home. I got chills on that last one. I don't know why, because they were all relatively, like, chill, simple, you know? Um, let's find another one. I know for the rest of the day I'm going to be freaked out, because I'm alone all day. <clears throat> and it's dark outside, so it's dark in the house. So, I, I really just did this to, like freak myself out and then i'm researching my case more today so i will also be freaked out by killers both the paranormal and killers it's amazing okay well while i'm looking for another one to read i will talk about the fact that i started watching night stalker and honestly so far it's pretty good i think we're only through the second episode so they haven't yet like introduced um richard ramirez as the killer they've more so just like tagged his shoes to him um and i love gilbert gilbert is amazing gil i think actually is what they call him yeah he's absolutely amazing um and yeah i don't know i just think it's a really well done documentary so far and i can't wait to watch more of it i also cannot find a good freaking story um, the redheaded man in the closet oh shoot that gave me chills just reading the, the title okay we're gonna read that one then the personal experience of tom from the ghost from ghost to ghost website 
In the mid-80s, we bought a 200-year-old farmhouse, some records came with the house, and we had an idea of some of the changes and remodeling that had been done over time. The oak pantry door had once been the main entrance to the house. The door was latched with a 3-inch iron thumb latch, and we often found an open when we came in from being outside and when we got up in the mornings. I would blame my wife for not shutting the pantry door, and she would blame me. Finally, it got so annoying that we put a chair up against it to keep it closed. That worked for a couple of weeks. One night, preparing for the company, I was mopping the floor in an unused room that had another old main doorway. The door was never used and was bolted from the side. Sorry, the door was never used and was bolted from the inside, yet I found muddy boot, boot prints coming from the door and crossing the room. In the kitchen, a bit later, I told my wife about the boot prints, and she joked that they must have been made by the guy who kept coming in the pantry door, and that we had locked him out. Looking toward the pantry, she said, It's okay if you perform this door. Go ahead and use it. Immediately, the latch clicked and the door swung open, pushing the chair aside. Needless to say, the cold chills ran through both of us. We never worried about the pantry being open and never saw anything else. But apparently, our three-year-old son did. Sometime after the incident, when the door swung open at my wife's invitation... Our son came downstairs and told us they'd been talking about farming with the red-headed man in his closet. Many kids have an imaginary friend, so we gave it a little thought. So we gave it little thought. However, he can however, he continued to talk about the red-headed man who told him that farming and wagging ma- making and warned him, Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Let me start that sentence over. <laughs> he continued to talk about the red-headed man who told him about farming and wagon making and warned him to be careful around the river. When he asked about the farmer, our son described him as short with a red beard and stooped over with a limp. A couple of years later, while doing research to register the home with the National Register of Historic Places, I discovered the man who had lived in the home before the turn of the century was short, bearded, red-haired, and built buckboards for a living. He had also walked with a limp due to an accident. Immediately after his death, his son did the remodeling involving the pantry door and turning what had been a sleeping room facing south into the upstairs closet. As for the warning our son about the river, I learned that the red-headed farmer who had had two children drown in the river about a mile from the house. Wow. That reminds me of a true crime case. Um, I think it's the Spider-Man of... I cannot remember where it was. It was like that old guy and his wife and his wife ended up falling and breaking her hip. So she was in the hospital and the guy was coming over to the neighbor's house to eat because he was old and couldn't cook for himself. And then he went back home one day and they hadn't heard from him in a while. And people went in the house and found him murdered, but couldn't find any signs of breaking in. And then, um, they like looked up at the attic and they were like, oh, there's no way there could be someone in the attic that... Like, that doorway is way too small for anybody to get in. Little did they freaking know, a really tall, skinny man had been living in the attic, and they called him the Spider-Man of... I want to say it was, like, Florida, but I do not think that's correct. I think it was, like, a different country. Um, but that reminds me of that. That's spooky. Um, do we have time for one more? We're gonna make time for one more. Um, I want to read a really spooky one to end it. Ooh, this book has pictures and they're really creepy and that just made me nauseous looking at that that's how you know it's real when a photo of a ghost makes you nauseous um ooh, phantoms on roads and highways okay so that kind of stuff really scares me because i drive at night a lot hold on i'm taking a sip of coffee that kind of stuff scares me because i drive at night a lot and like 
I'm Native American, so I believe in, like, skinwalkers and stuff like that. And so I'm always scared that I'm going to see something that I will not be able to flee. Because, like, you can outrace a person in a car, but you can't outrace a phantom or a skinwalker or, like, a spirit, you know? Okay. Ooh, let's read The Phantom Hitchhiker. We have all heard at least one variation of the Phantom Hitchhiker story. I haven't. <laughs> it may well be the best known and most universal of all so-called so urban legends. Here is a recap of the familiar tale to set the mood for this chapter. A college student, or a salesman, is driving on a lonely country road late one rainy night when he is startled to see a young woman walking along the shoulder. Immediately, he pulls over, leans across the front seat to open the passenger door, and asks her if she wants a ride. Oh my gosh, my heater just turned on and I almost pooped my pants. <laughs> um, she appears a bit dazed and is soaked to the skin. With the mumbled words of thanks, she gets inside. The college man reaches behind him, grabs his sweater from the back seat, and offers it to the hitchhiker. In the glow of the dash dashboard lights, he can see that she is really a very lovely girl. She smiles her thanks and drapes the sweater over her shoulders, informing him that she has to get home to see her parents. The driver notices for the first time that her face and hands are scratched and bleeding, and he asks what happened to her. She explains that her car slid off the road and into a ditch, and that she had been standing there for what seemed like hours, hoping for help, before she decided to walk the rest of the way to her parents' home. He tells her that there is no problem taking her right to her parents' front door. Um, she thanks him and gestures, in, gestures into the darkness ahead and says that the house is only a few miles ahead. As he is summoning the courage to ask her name, she points to the light of the house down a very short lane. She asks him to stop, and she gets out of the car. He protests that he would be happy to drive for the rest of the way, but she is already running away into the night. As he drives on, he berates himself for not asking her name, and then he remembers that she was still wearing his sweater. That will be his excuse to drive back to her parents' home and formally make her an acquaintance. Two days later, the student drives back to the mystery girl's home and knocks on the door. He is surprised that a very elderly woman opens the door and invites him to step inside. As he looks in the interior of the front parlor, he notices a framed portrait of the beautiful young girl and asks the woman if her granddaughter is home. Following the student's gaze to the portrait, the woman begins to weep. Her darling, grand, or her darling daughter, she said, is still trying to come home. The student listens in incredulously as the woman tells him that her daughter has been killed had been killed in an automobile accident on a dark, rainy night over 40 years before. He leaves the old woman, concluding that she must be crazy. The hitchhiker he had picked up that night was more, no more than 19 years old and was very much alive. As he passes a small rural cemetery, I cannot say that word, rural, rural, rural cemetery, something blowing in the wind on one of the grave markers catches his eye. Oh my god, it's gonna be a sweater. When he enters the graveyard to investigate, he finds his sweater draped over a tombstone that marks the final resting place of a young woman who had died 40 years ago. I have chills all over my body. <laughs> Some version of the above account of a phantom hitchhiker has been told and retold with variations since the days of horse and carriage. Every year, I receive a number of accounts. Okay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's just him talking about where he got the... Um, story from okay I know I said one more but I think that I'm going to actually do another one um and that will be the last one so this 
the spirits of Pocahontas Parkway Toll Plaza? Mm, sounds like it might be a little racist. Um, just kidding. I mean, kind of kidding, but kind of not kidding. I want another scary highway one. Ooh, she hangs by her neck during the full moon. That sounds scary, but it's also very long. Okay, let's go back to this. Um, Misty Miss Lotta on Arkansas 64. <laughs> Drive the lonely stretch of Arkansas Highway 64, especially on a rainy night, and area residents swear that you will likely you will be likely to cite the tormented spirit of Laura Starlotta, who died a month before her 20th birthday in 1899. Motorists have claimed that they to see, have seen Laura's small, frail frame inside a white nightgown standing on the side of the road across from the cemetery where her body lies. C cemetery, not cemetery. Some old stories say that Laura was accosted by a gang and beaten to death on her way to her wedding. Others say that she was killed on a runway by runway runaway rat. <laughs> Killed by a runaway wagon or murdered by a bizarre cult. The inscription on her tombstone reads, Gentle stranger passing by, as you are once as you are now, once was I. As I am now, so you must be. Prepare yourself to follow me. Ooh. I think it's really not funny, but like you always hear about ghost stories being told, and they're always like, Oh, we saw the woman in a white gown. Like can she not just be wearing, like, a blouse? And actually, blouses can be kind of scary, too. What about a sweatshirt and some shorts? Why does it have to be all medieval, you know? But anyways, guys, that I think that was the last story that I'm going to read today. I've got quite a few things to do today. I have to clean the bathroom. And I'm going to trim my hair. Um, I need to do all of the laundry um, we haven't washed our bedding in, like, a month, and that's so gross. Uh, I don't know why I just admitted that to the general public. But, oh my, the road just tried to open. Um, I've got some crocheting projects I need to finish. Um, obviously I wasn't crocheting during this, uh, episode because I was reading. And, you know, you can't hold a book and read a ghost story while crocheting. Um... But yeah, I don't I don't know much else about anything. I hope you guys enjoyed this spooky episode. Um, if you get scared really easily, you can go watch um, TikTok's a good way to not be scared if you're not on scary TikTok. Um, what are some other? Uh, Billy on the Street. That's a really funny show you can watch and not be scared anymore. Um, you could go listen to My Favorite Murder. That's a really funny podcast about, you know, like things. Um, my laundry just finished. I think that's a sure sign for me to go. I hope you guys have a great day. Great morning if it's morning for you. Um, yeah, lock your doors, um, sage your rooms, uh, don't talk to ghosts, don't look ghosts in the eye, um, and don't talk to creepy men. Also, don't pick up hitchhikers. Bye. <laughs>